The Paul Kaharski Podcast is brought to you by Yazoo Brewing Company, a Nashville original since 2003. Welcome into the Paul Kuharski Podcast, brought to you as always by Yazoo Brew. I am partial to the Hefeweizen, but they've got something for everyone well-regarded nationwide, special to Nashville, and most accessible here and in Middle Tennessee. Check it out. Fill your fridge. Pony up to the bar and order one. Uh, it's good stuff. Check it out. The uh, red and white sign is very distinctive. You can't miss them. Appreciate Yazoo and uh, their faithfulness to the cause here, and I appreciate your faithfulness to them and to me. Season opener just a few days away here. We got to talk about some lingering concerns and some causes for. Uh, optimism with this team as it heads to Cleveland this weekend for a uh, a very big opener against a team on the rise. We're going to find out if the Titans are a team on the rise pretty quickly and how they perform against Baker Mayfield, against Miles Garrett, against Odell Beckham Jr. and the like. Um, so we'll bounce back and forth here a bit between um, things to be concerned about and things to be encouraged by many of which we've touched on um, over the course of training camp and throughout the offseason, but we'll update. So remaining concern, big ones obviously on the offensive line. Taylor Luan's suspension we did not know was coming when um, this team was putting together an offensive line and trying to fix what was a problem last year. And they booted both of their starting guards, Quentin Spain, uh, they did not re-sign um, a guy who was uh, a free agent who uh, subsequently went to Buffalo. Um, they signed Roger Saffold, uh, a replacement, who's the top guard on the market and a very good guard, though um, in the preseason he got decleated um, in two consecutive games, the middle two games, um, and, and unimpressive plays. Um and it makes you worry a little bit about Marcus Mariota, who took a big hit um, on one of those plays. So uh, still, he should be part of the answer, but he's not going to be playing next to Lawan in the first four games because Lawan's suspended for those first four games, getting uh, dinged for performance-enhancing uh, supplement being in his body and um, an appeal he could not win, did not win. Um, Saffold an upgrade, certainly at left guard, right guard. They got rid of Josh Klein, who was not good, did not live up to the contract they had given him. Um, and it was completely the right move to get rid of him before paying him, uh, an additional guarantee, but the moves they made to replace him, most notably drafting Nate Davis in the third round out of Charlotte was going to be tough to have him ready to be a week one replacement but I thought he could contend for it had he been around for all of training camp. Undisclosed injury, missed the vast majority of camp, back in the fold now, not going to be a week one starter, um, and nobody with a resounding effort in training camp and in the preseason. Kevin Palmfield in line to start that game, though, though Mike Vrabel didn't even give him a resounding vote of confidence and say definitely the guy. He said kind of, well, you know, he's what we have. Uh, this was after the, the final preseason game. You know, he's what we have, and that's what we're going with unless something happens to change our mind. 
Um, so I expect he's the starting right guard in practice on Wednesday and this week and will be um, on the field in Cleveland on Sunday unless something crazy happens now with uh, left tackle Dennis Kelly, who um, didn't practice on Monday. We were told not to be alarmed, uh, but I'll be not alarmed as soon as we see him back and fine. If something was up with Kelly, the most logical move then would be to move Palm Field to left tackle um, and to insert Jamil Douglas at right guard. So, look, there's still far too much concern on the offensive line for a team that needs to block better for Derrick Henry and needs to keep Marcus Mariota upright. So there are concerns here still. So they acknowledged it was a position of uh, that was a problem. Uh, they brought in Saffold, which addressed one of the two big position problems, insufficiently ag- addressed right guard. Um, you know, maybe Davis will be in the lineup in four weeks and six weeks and will prove to be uh, a relatively immediate solution. That, that would be my hope. In the meantime, though, and depth-wise, not very good. Um, so that's a problem. Right tackle has solved itself, and we'll get to that shortly. Um, Ben Jones, look, Blake Benningfield has said, you know, you look down the pike, not a great deal of good free agent options coming, um, in, in the next year or two, not a good, uh, draft solution coming next year. They extended Ben Jones, uh, for two years on top of this year. That surprised me, um, a great deal. I think they really like the leadership and the glue qualities that Ben Jones brings. And it seems to really indict the guards that he's played next to because his game just doesn't seem to be that strong to me for him to get $13.5 million of new money. We'll have to see the the structure of that contract. But Ben Jones extended, so they clearly don't think he's the problem. Um, Lawan's clearly not the problem as long as he's out there. And now I'll shift to the to the first reason to be encouraged. Jack Conklin, from the very beginning of training camp, has answered every question. I think he's been excellent at right tackle. Um, and he's going to present for them a problem if he plays like this. Uh, he was one of the big questions coming in, and he could have left them an even bigger problem. On the offensive line, he's been steady. Uh, he's lost weight. He's moving very well. Uh, and I think he's erased all questions about right tackle for this team this year, which is uh, a great thing. So, um, you know, uh, I'd be exceptionally encouraged by that. But, um, you know, that only gets you through 16 games and whatever kind of playoffs the Titans might have this season. They declined to exercise his fifth-year option, which would have set him up for something like $12.86 million salary in 2020, which would have been the third highest salary cap hit for a right tackle on the books for that season behind only Lane Johnson and Jawan James. Lane Johnson of the Eagles, Jawan James of the Broncos. Well, Jawan James got that as a free agent jumping to the Broncos. And so if Jack Conklin is – what Jack Conklin looks like he can be now a, a very effective right tackle. He's going to command big money. 
And so if the Titans are to extend him, that'd be a very big investment in a second tackle. Um, in addition to Taylor Lewan making giant, giant money at left tackle. Um, so they're either making a huge expenditure at right tackle, which you couldn't blame them for if it shores, shores up their offensive line. Um, but you also couldn't blame him for testing the market and seeing, and people are always looking for tackles. Um, and he could go out there and, and, you know, he's probably going to wind up being a better player than Jawan James. If, if he stays healthy and plays at the level, it looks like he could play at now. If he goes out there and gets more than 13 million, um, you know, for his salary cap hit in 2020 and the Titans say, Hey, that's too rich for us to pay our second tackle. Then Conklin makes a killing and the Titans are in the market for a right tackle. And yet again, would be unsettled to some degree on the offensive line. Even if Saffold works out, even if Jones works out on this extension, and even if Nate Davis grows into something, uh, this idea that they could be settled on the offensive line and be fine for a second consecutive season um, would would disappear and they'd be in the market for a right tackle. Um, Dennis Kelly also not under contract. I think Dennis Kelly better as a swing guy. Could be your starting right tackle next year if they were to extend him. Then they'd be in the market at least for something less, a, uh, a third tackle. So offensive line, one of the big remaining concerns, but Jack Conklin, not a concern this year as of right now, though stability at right tackle, a long-term concern um, because he's looking good and his price tag may go up. Remaining concern, pass rush, and this is discouraging, all right? Offensive line and pass rush were the two big concerns heading into the offseason, right when the season was over. You knew Morgan and Arakpo hadn't given you enough. Arakpo immediately retired. You knew Morgan. They weren't interested in Morgan. They made no attempt to re-sign Morgan. Morgan got no interest from anywhere else, and Morgan eventually retired. Cam Wakes, 37, still has juice. I think he will add to the pass rush. But after that, really unproven. Um, Sharif Finch is, a, is an encouraging guy, uh, but he had knee problems in, in college um, and hasn't been asked to do it on the level he's going to be asked to do it now where he should be a starting outside linebacker. Uh, you know, big enough guy to set the edge. It came in with a variety of moves. It, it studied a lot of guys in college uh, on the advice of his college coaches who said, you know, Physically, you look like player X, Y, and Z. You have some of those attributes. Watch these guys incorporate what they do. Smart enough player to, to have done that. Came in with a, a, a bigger array of, of moves and uh, more of a repertoire than Harold Landry, uh, a second-round draft pick compared to Finch, an undrafted rookie who came in with uh, you know that motorcycle lean that Dave McGinnis talks about who can burn the edge, but hasn't yet been in position to show us that he can do more than that. Um, so he's got that one great trait and we spent the off season talking about what can he add to that. And then we haven't seen him in a situation. He didn't play in any of the four preseason games. We did watch him do some good things against the Patriots and the joint practices. We haven't seen him uh, do anything in, in, you know, 
real head-to-head competition against non-Titans. Um, so uh, we've talked about him on the Midday 180 with, with Chad Withrow, with, uh, with Jonathan Hutton about, you know, giant expectations on Harold Landry for a guy that we really haven't seen do anything. He's maybe got the biggest expectations with the least work in the bank of anybody that we've seen. And he's certainly got a lot of talent, but we haven't seen him do it yet. So, uh, you know, pass rush, they added Reggie Gilbert. He can rush the passer some. Blake Bettingfield was saying he could flip inside and out the way Derek Morgan did based on his size. He certainly can set the edge. Somebody they needed. You can kind of say they flipped Taewon Taylor for Reggie Gilbert based on the returns uh, on both sides of this trade. They come out with a similar seventh-round pick in each provided that Gilbert meets the, uh, the conditions of that trade with green Bay. Um, and I think they needed help. I would hope this guy could get ahead of Kamale Correa, who seems like just a guy brings a nice energy sometimes, but doesn't make a lot of plays. Not enough in the pass rush, hopefully between wake between an improved Landry who we haven't seen yet between Finch, who I think could be a breakout guy this year between Gilbert, They'll piece enough together combined with some Evans on the edge, some interior pressure from Brown, from Evans, from Woodyard occasionally, from Logan Ryan, who's a good blitzer, from Byard, who can blitz. There'll be enough. But again, they're counting on scheme, and they're certainly not a guy that, that offenses have to game plan around and worry about to the degree you would like here it'd be very hard to pick a double digit sack guy on this team. And, uh, you know, maybe that was a lot to ask for, but, and maybe he wasn't out there to be found, but they certainly didn't find him back to the encouraging side of the column. I love the Adam Humphreys, Delaney Walker combination of, of quick outlet options for Marcus Mariota. He can get the ball out of his hand quickly to these guys. He likes those kind of plays. These guys are going to be inside and open or uncovered quickly. Quick throws to guys with reliable hands. Humphreys is very slippery. Walker is very powerful. They both know how to get open. Um, They're kind of contrasting versions of the same sort of threat. A small, slippery guy a big, fast, powerful guy who's a matchup mismatch. Um, This can be a chain-moving offense where uh, Humphreys and Walker can really key that sort of thing. Um, And I wrote, you know, relatively early in training camp that I think there can be times at which the Titans can be unstoppable with the short stuff. Um, now, if you want to come up and stop that short stuff, you're making yourself susceptible to stuff behind it, to, to Corey Davis, to, you know, and, and AJ Brown's involved in that short stuff too, but AJ Brown then can get open, you know, just behind it. Corey Davis, hopefully a little bit, uh, deeper behind it. Tajay Sharp, particularly, uh, against zones behind it. Um, you know, um, if, if you're Dion Lewis could benefit from, from some of the space out to the sides. 
um, if, if you're playing in the middle of the field to stop this, this stuff, I think it's a really encouraging piece of the offense that teams are going to have to deal with maybe first and foremost. And I think even if you're dealing with it first and foremost, um, I don't know that you're going to be able to stop both of these guys at the same time on a regular basis. If the Titans are making initial blocks, if Marcus is in rhythm and, and feeling it. Um, and I think it's an easy thing to get in rhythm with and feel um, early on. And so I, I really like this element of the Titans offense. I'm really encouraged by it. Got to keep those two guys healthy. Um and, um, you know, I talked to Humphreys on the take a lap. You can look back at the site at, uh, at a take the lap I did with Humphreys. That slipperiness, you know, <clears throat> I, I worry about the kind of hits that he could take in that space. But that slipperiness allows him to kind of avoid some of those big hits that you worry about. A guy his size um, maybe taking some shots over the middle that, uh, that could lead to the, the sorts of injuries, head injuries in particular, that could could land him on the sideline. Um, but he, he's done well to avoid that in his career. Um, and I hope my worries are unfounded there, uh, that Marcus's throws won't put him in position for those those kind of hits and that, that his slipperiness continues where he can avoid that kind of thing. So remaining concerns there, the two biggies, offensive line and pass rush, um, encouraging. I really like that underneath passing game, Humphreys and Walker. Um, and I really like that Conklin has quieted those questions. It could have been a big one. And he's very, uh, very quickly uh, took a big question and kind of slammed the door on it as far as I'm concerned. We talked a little bit about Harold Landry there in the pass rush equation. Harold Landry and Derek Henry are the two guys we have not seen this preseason um, in the games at all. Look, the preseason games have become really a non-factor to a large degree. The Titans were perfectly content not to see these two guys. Uh, I feel, you know, pretty certain that for how much the Titans sat Landry there with um, a a long series of missed practices and, um, and not playing him in the preseason at all, um, that something was up with him health-wise. Um, and Henry, we know, started off with uh, with the calf problem that he did in the very first day, uh, in the very first set of running back drills. Um, and then they, they really put him on a slow schedule to come back, or it took a while, whatever the combination was. Um, you know, he's looked good in the in the recent practices that we've seen, but they they chose not to play him. Uh, and I think that's fine. Um, I think it, we discussed this on the midday 180, and, and I think we were all three of us said, you know, it's more important for Henry um, to be himself and to be what 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 everybody's hoping for at the beginning of the season than it is for Landry. I think because this team's built, you know, to to uh, run the ball to get that outside zone going and then to run play action off of that, to soften up a defense with that running game uh, in order to be able to throw it. But I do think there's a, uh, a great confidence from a lot of the fan base that Derek Henry is going to pick up where he left off last year. And I think there's some danger to that. I've talked about this as well. 
Um, you hope Derrick Henry wears people down uh, with volume run game um, in the first second in the in the first quarter in the second quarter into the third quarter and that that then that leads to some some chances in the fourth quarter and some things from the first three quarters that turn into bigger things in the in the fourth quarter. Um, but we didn't see it go that way early in the season last year. We didn't see it go that way in the first three quarters of the games last season, really. Um, and only in the last quarter of the season where there were a lot of teams willing to give up, not willing to take a second blow from Derrick Henry, not interested in tackling a man of his size, where he uh, asserted himself and pummeled people and used that stiff arm and turned into the back that, uh, that he can be. Um, and so it's been a popular storyline. How do you get Derrick Henry to be that guy from the beginning? Um, you know, and it sounds easy, but I think far too many people are convinced that he's just going to come out and be that guy. I hope for the Titans sake, he is that guy from the very beginning against Cleveland. But I think it's just as possible that he's the tentative guy. We saw at the beginning of the season last year, um, and uh, I think it's a lot to expect that he's going to come out and be the guy we saw in the last four games last season in every game in 2019. Though uh, it's a contract year for him, it'd be a good time for him to get moving in that direction. It'd be great if he could extend it. But uh, the theme for this team this year, good to great, uh, really relies on a lot of people and a lot of units and a lot of game plans and a lot of coaching and a lot of everything getting more consistent and there's no greater symbol of that really than derrick henry um and you know a lot of these consistencies and inconsistencies happen in smaller ways than than we can see you know in line play um, or in some play calling decisions or in some technique intricacies that maybe we don't recognize. It'll be very clear uh, for Marcus Mariota and his throwing, and it'll be very clear for Derrick Henry and his running if they are, in fact, more consistent. And so um, we'll find out starting Sunday at noon on the – bank of Lake Erie in the city where I was born. My second trip there in short order because I was up there for the Hall of Fame induction ceremony to see Kevin Mawai. Um, I always like a trip to Cleveland. I think it's going to be a uh, very, very interesting game with so many unknowns going in. And we'll have a lot of answers or the start of a lot of answers to a lot of questions on Sunday afternoon. And uh, like you, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the start of a lot of those things. I'm really excited. I know a lot of people are gathering um, Saturday night, uh, Saturday evening in the lobby of the Renaissance Hotel in Cleveland, which turns out to be the best hotel in Cleveland. So whoever chose that spot and tweeted me about it was a good decision, but I certainly will try to roll through there. It's a good choice. I also highly recommend the Map Room, which is uh, an excellent bar. It's on 6th or 9th or 3rd one of those streets, not far from that Renaissance hotel. So if you're hanging out, uh, maybe I'll see you there for a beer. I appreciate you joining the Paul Kudarski podcast. I appreciate Yazoo Brew and particularly the Hefeweizen, which I pour into the chalice from which I will drink a beer at the Kudarski homestead. I wish you all well. 
Thanks. If you're not a member of paulkuhersky.com, please check it out. I encourage you to uh, come enjoy all the benefits of membership. I assure you there are many. Good luck for, uh, for you and your Titans this weekend. Enjoy all the football and welcome to Meaningful Games. We made it. The Paul Kaharski Podcast is a joint production of paulkaharski.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. Hey.